This is the unabridged audio narration of The Sea Witch, Volume 1, Meeting the Young Master. Written and illustrated by Cara Field, a.k.a. Lady Flame. Published online from 26th of August 2018 on Web Novel and Tapas. This is a tale of intrigue set in a fantasy world with a romance subplot, a slow burn one I'm afraid, I'm very fond of Ust. You will find swearing, fighting and eventually some kissing and naughty stuff will happen, but nothing that is likely to bother an older teen, they've probably seen worse on TV anyway. Hopefully this story is something for everyone and is aimed at both a male and female audience. However, as mentioned before, it is not really suitable for anyone under 16. Cover illustration, Lavender Jade on the deck of the Sea Witch at dusk. Chapter illustration, Leonora L'Oreal outside her cabin on the Sea Witch. Chapter three, Lush Women and bittersweet memories continued. Although Leonora was her mother's old school friend, she was also her distant cousin, both of them being part of the L'Oreal clan bloodline. And yet from what Lavender remembered of her mother, they had been so very different. In her memories, her mother was kind and gentle with soft hands that brushed her hair, yet she had her stubborn side. Anne had fond memories of her mother stamping her foot as she bickered with her father, then sweet words, hugs and kisses as they made up afterwards. Apart from the personality, Leonora was complete opposite. Anne was tall, the same height as her mother, and yet Leonora barely came up to her chin. Mother's hair had been platinum blonde, long and straight and usually worn in a braid. Leonora's was a mass of short curls, the colour of honey. One was pale like marble and the other, although pale, was the golden white of the thick cream they used in those fancy empire cakes that she'd seen in shop windows. However, the biggest difference was that her mother was slim and elegant, and Leonora was most definitely not. To describe Leonora completely in a word, both physically and personality-wise, Lavender would definitely choose the word lush. A good one to describe her figure would be voluptuous and decadent for her personality and Anne was pretty sure that none of those adjectives would ever have been used to describe her mother. As Lavender went to put her empty bowl on the tray, she caught a glimpse of herself in the mirror on the dressing table. Anne had her mother's height and had similar features, but she was as dark as her mother had been pale. Lavender's hair was the same dark brown as her father's. She shared his jade green eyes and had also inherited her healthy physique from his fat side of the family too. 
Anne's was a body that had been moulded to be a fighter, a creation of lean muscle, though she still had enough curves to be considered sexy, or so she'd been told, with ample breasts that she'd actually found annoying growing up, until she'd got used to them and found ways to deal with them so they didn't feel like two mad rats trying to escape from a sack when she ran. Lavender poured herself a cup of coffee and picked up one of the apples. Just as she was about to sit back down, a whistle came from the perch that stood between the wardrobe and the bed, where a white bird stood that, that looked similar to a cockatoo. Anne went over and stroked its crest. I'm sorry, Lucy, was I ignoring you? How about some apple to make up for it? Leonora came out from behind the screen. You know, most people wouldn't be able to hear her begging for food, never mind see her and fuss over her. She can have all of my apples, so don't give her any of yours. Lavender pulled a knife from the sheath in her boot, cut the apple into slices and started to feed them to Lucy. I thought I said that I would give her my apple, N. And how many of those knives do you have anyway? Anne clucked Lucy underneath the beak and continued to feed her the apple. I'll take the one still on the tray. As for the knives... Lucy finished the apple and Anne wiped the juice off the blade with the cup of her sleeve. There are two of these knives, just like I have two boots. Dad had them both made especially for me. Returning the knife to its sheath in her boot, and continued, As to how many throwing knives I have on my person, that is a closely guarded secret. Leonora rolled her eyes and started to run a brush through her golden curls. Lavender continued to speak. Being able to interact with Lucy... That is one of the few advantages of being abnormal. Leonora turned sharply and smacked Lavender on her upper arm with the back of the hairbrush. You are not abnormal. If Lavinia heard you say that, she would be utterly heartbroken. Lavender rubbed her arm. That would actually hurt a bit. Master's definition of a true shadow is... One who was born with a high shadow affinity, where neither parent possesses that trait, caused by the mother being corrupted by contact with a dark object during pregnancy. The higher the affinity of the child, the more corrupting contact during gestation. This later leads to illness, and often death for the mother, usually between one and two decades after giving birth to the child. Most people would consider me a monster who caused the death of my own mother. There was silence for a moment. Lavinia knew what she did back then was going to be dangerous but she never thought that it would have such a lasting effect on you in her womb. It was her greatest regret. 
that and the fact that she wouldn't get to see you grow up. Lavender felt like there was a lump in her throat at Leonora's words. Not because of her mother, that was an old pain. But watching Leonora sneakily wiping a tear from her eye, she knew that she was thinking of her own regrets. Both of their gazes were drawn to the expensive-looking carriage clock on the dressing table. Leonora ran a finger gently, almost lovingly, over the engraved plate at the bottom, and Anne knew that it read, To my dearest Leonora, congratulations on the birth of our son, Raymond Richards. As the clock delicately started to chime the half hour, Leonora stood and took her mage robe from the wardrobe. Well, it's a good job I didn't have time to put any makeup on, isn't it? Guess I'd better be off to make the wind blow us into port. Anne couldn't really say anything to that, so she just nodded, downed her coffee, picked up her apple and followed Leonora out of the door. End of chapter three, part one. Thank you for listening and you can check out the rest of the novel on tapas.io and webnovel.com where it's been currently serialised. Bye bye, until next time.